The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Welcome, everyone. I hope you had a great holiday filled with plenty of baseball action. I know, unfortunately, it's time for you all to get your noses back to the grindstone, and we are going to do the same. I'm your host, Daniel Port, and there is so much baseball action to cover. We're just going to jump straight into it and not waste a single second here. So to start with the injuries, news, and notes here, the Atlanta Braves have announced that Kelly Jansen expects to be activated from the injury list on July 12th. They also mentioned that Adam Duvall, who has been day-to-day, wasn't in Monday's game. He's suffering from a hand injury. We'll have to monitor his status for today. The Red Sox have put Rich Hill on the 15-day injury list. They feel he could return from his knee injury in two to four weeks, according to Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe. And Xander Bogarts is currently this day-to-day with a thigh injury. He did not play in yesterday's game against the Rays, according to Christopher Smith of the Springfield Republican. The the Cubs have listed Wilson Contreras as day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. And the Cincinnati Reds. You mentioned that Tyler Naquin could uh, return from his quad injury during the Reds' current homestand, and Tyler Stevenson could also return from his thumb injury during that homestand, uh, according to Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer. Charlie also lets us know that Kyle Farmer, who is currently day-to-day with a hand injury, likely won't start in the next couple days. For the Guardians, Josh Naylor is day-to-day currently with a back injury. While he played in Game 1 of their doubleheader on Monday against the Tigers, he did not play in Game 2, so we'll wait to hear more today about his status. The Colorado Rockies put Ryan Feltner on the 15-day injured list with an undisclosed injury. The Detroit Tigers have listed Alex Fado as day-to-day, according to Evan Woodbury of MLLive.com. The Los Angeles Dodgers have listed Chris Taylor as day-to-day with an undisclosed injury, and Zach McKinstry should start a rehab assignment with AAA Oklahoma City as of yesterday, according to Eric Steven of SBNation.com. Craig Kimbrell was also listed for the Dodgers as day-to-day. He said Monday that his back was sore after he got hit with a line drive. On Sunday, he thinks he's just going to need a day or two before he's ready to go again, according to Bill Plunkett of the Orange County Register. Milwaukee Brewers have announced that Hunter Renfro has resumed baseball activities as he attempts to return from a calf injury, according to Joey Palazzi of MLB.com. The Minnesota Twins have announced that Miguel Snow began a rehab assignment yesterday to begin his comeback from a knee injury, according to Do Hyung Park of MLB.com as well. The New York Mets have placed David Peterson out due to paternity leave, so congratulations, David. Hope everything goes well. And Chris Bassett is listed as out with an illness, and he won't return before Thursday, according to Anthony DiComo of MLB.com. 
Also, Jacob DeGrom made his first rehab start with single A St. Lucie. He struck out five of the six batters he faced on Sunday, and the only other batter that he faced, he managed to hit. It's just good to see him pitching again. The Oakland Athletics. A list of Frankie Montas' day-to-day with a shoulder injury. He's slated to undergo an MRI, I believe, yesterday. We have not gotten the results back from that, according to Martin Gallegos of MLB.com. The Pirates announced, according to general manager Ben Charrington, that Yoshi Tetsugo is expected to return from the 10-day injured list at some point during the team's two-game series of the Yankees that begins today. According to Justice De De Los Santos of MLB.com, we should keep an eye on his status for that series. The Seattle Mariners, according to Cody Bronk of The Athletic, mentioned that Ty France could return to action later this week for, as he attempts to come back from an elbow injury. The Toronto Blue Jays have listed Kevin Gossman as day-to-day. Apparently, he is still having trouble pushing off of his injured right ankle, according to Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun. And Danny Jansen will begin a rehab assignment to try and come back from a finger injury. And then finally, the Washington Nationals have listed Juan Soto as day-to-day with a calf injury. He did not start in Monday's game, and we'll have to monitor his status for today. So that's all the injury news and notes. There are a bunch of hitters that caught my eye for fantasy purposes in yesterday's games, and I want to dive right into them so we can get through as many as possible here. To start with the Marlins, Brian Anderson went 2-for-5, and he has been pretty solid all season. He's hit 278 on the season with a 377 OBP and a 798 OPS in about 126 plate appearances. Three home runs, 24 runs scored in a stolen base, but he's been even better over his last 15 games. He's hitting 314 with a 375 OBP and an 806 OPS. He's barely rostered at all. And while this is probably the hitter that he is, there's not a ton of upside from here. He is hitting third in that lineup and could be especially valuable in OBP and points leagues. Luis Garcia for the Nationals went one for four with an RBI. I know in past episodes I've been skeptical because of Luis Garcia's tendency to both chase and hit pitches outside of the strike zone, but he's just kept hitting. He has not let up at all. He's hitting 320 in his last seven games, which matches his season-long 319 batting average. He's not going to give you much beyond average, and maybe he'll get just stolen base or two along the line, and I'm still very concerned about his plate discipline number. You can't really, unless you're Javi Baez, who's a unicorn, chase that much and still be that successful. But at this point, it's hard to say you shouldn't ride the hot hand as long as you can. For the Rangers, Nathaniel Lowe went one for five with a run and an RBI. He slowed down a little bit. I know I've been pushing him a lot on this podcast. He's been hitting only 259 uh, over his last seven games with just one home run. But he's still been hitting like crazy overall. He's a 281 batting average with an 813 OPS and three home runs over his last 15 games. He's still out there in a lot of leagues. I'd be picking up everywhere I see him available. Mitch Garver went 1-4-5 with three RBIs and a run and a home run. There were talks of Garver having season-ending surgery seemingly just a few days ago, but you would never know it from the way he's hitting lately. He's hitting 273 with a 924 OPS and two home runs over his last seven games. He's got three in the last 15 games. Obviously, with the injury lingering over that, he's still a risky ad because you never know when they might just shut him down as the season progresses, but... As long as he's healthy, he's absolutely crushing the ball right now. If you need help a catcher, you could do a lot worse in the short term. For Cleveland, Josh Naylor hit his 11th home run, going one for two with a, a run in RBI and a walk. As I mentioned before, Naylor left this game uh, after these two at-bats thanks to back spasms. So his status could be up in the air for today's games. But if he comes up healthy, he could be a really great ad. He's available in a lot of leagues. But he has four home runs and 10 RBIs in his last 15 games. He had an 875 OPS over that stretch. Go pick up Josh Naylor if he's healthy where he is available. Miles Straw stole his 13th base yesterday, and this is his second stolen base in his last eight games, and it's 13th on the year, but I still can't see picking him up yet until he actually starts pulling the ball more. He is a 378 hitter for his career when he pulls the ball, but he's only pulled the ball 20% of the time since May 1st, even if he is stealing bases. It's not worth rostering for how he's going to hurt you everywhere else until then. In Detroit, uh, 
Willie Castro went yeah, two for four with a run. He's red hot right now. He's hitting 348 with an 878 OPS over his last seven games. And with a 286 batting average and a 774 OPS in his last 15 games, he's hitting second in that lineup. Jonathan Scope absolutely crushed the ball in both games in the doubleheader today. He went six for eight with three runs scored at an RBI and two doubles. Scope's struggled for most of the season, but he's finally getting going. We had a lot of high hopes for him coming off of his incredibly solid 2021 season where he hit 22 home runs. He's finally starting to show signs of getting back to that. He's hitting 321 over his last seven games and 271 over his last 15 games. The power hasn't quite shown up yet, but if it does, go get Jonathan Scope. He's a really valuable player in fantasy. Just not yet. Keep an eye on him. Granville Reyes went one for four in the second game of the doubleheader with a run in RBI and a double. He's only rostered in 56% of Yahoo leagues, so he's still out there. A lot of people gave up on him after his struggles and his injury issues this season, but he's got three home runs, four doubles, and seven RBIs since coming back from the injured list on June 21st. This is a guy with 40-plus home run power in a full season, so if someone gave up on him too early, go pick him up. Riley Green went one for five in that game with two RBIs. He's been actually really solid since coming up, and obviously has played in really just a small sample of at-bats. But he's hitting 276 with a home run and 847 OPS in his last seven games. He's hitting leanoff for the Tigers is worth keeping an eye on due to his immense upside. For the Cubs, Nico Horner went one for three with a walk, a double, and a stolen base. Horner has been quietly solid this season, hitting 310 with seven stolen bases on the season. But in particular, he's been on quite a tear uh, recently. He's hit 426 with a 1.021 OPS and a stolen base in his last 15 games. He's only going to give you an average in the occasional stolen base, but in really deep leagues, or if you need that average boost on your team, you could do a lot worse than Nico Horner. For the Brewers, Victor Caratini uh, went one for five with a home run and an RBI in three walks. This is his seventh home run on the season, and honestly, I, I feel weird saying this, but something could be brewing here this season for Caratini. He's posting the highest walk rate of his career at 13.3%, and with seven home runs, he's already tied his home run total from last season in half of the at-bats. It's even backed up by career highs in, in barrel rate. He has a 12.5% barrel rate this year, which is nearly double last year's. He has a 46.3% uh, hard hit rate, which is incredible. He's up to a career high in pull percentage at 37.5%, and fly ball percentage, which is, sits at 32.5%. You see some numbers that really seem to back up the surge in power. He isn't catching every day, but he has seen some time at first base recently, so more playing time can be in his future, even when Omar Narvaez is behind the plate. That's very exciting. Keep an eye on Victor Caratini if you need help at catcher. For the Diamondbacks, Josh Rojas went two for four with two runs scored, an RBI, and a double. Rojas has been mired in a pretty rough slump for almost all of June. He had just 216 in the month, but he has come alive again as the calendar started to turn into July. He's at 393 over his last seven games with four doubles in his last four games. Obviously, no home runs or stolen bases over that time, but if he continues to stay this hot and keep hitting both are coming. He had 11 home runs and 9 stolen bases last season, and that sort of power and speed combo could help contribute. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo went 2 for 4 with a run, 3 RBIs, a walk, a home run, and he was caught stealing. It's his second home run in his last 8 games, along with 3 doubles over that time period. He's 3rd in the National League amongst leadoff hitters and runs scored on the season. He's only rostered in 40% of Yahoo League, so don't leave him out there. I've been telling you to pick him up for weeks now, and I've not changed my tune on that, especially in OVP leagues, points leagues. He, this guy's invaluable. Go pick him up. Also for the Mets, Dominic Smith went 1 for four with a double and two RBIs. Uh, he's starting to get some semi-regular playing time at DH for the Mets, and it has paid off. He's had four hits in his last four games. Three of them have been doubles. He's in 313 in his last seven games. Keep an eye on him. If he does start getting regular playing time, scoop him up. We know what Dom Smith is uh, capable of. We saw it in 2019-2020. Don't sleep on him at all. Carlos Santana for the Seattle Mariners. 
Bruce went two for two with three walks and two runs scored. I've been pumping Santana for a couple weeks now, and uh, since then he's done nothing but on base at an astonishing rate. He had, now has a 404 OBP over his last 30 games. His average is never going to be a huge boost to your squad, but in OBP leagues, in points leagues, or where you might need some runs, he can really rack up some runs scored for you as well. Cal Raleigh went one for five with four RBIs, a double. He stole third base. Uh, this is, That was the first stolen base of his career. This is his third double in five games, and while the average hasn't been there at all, and probably won't be, the power certainly has been. He's got nine doubles and six home runs since June 1st. He could be another option at catcher if you can afford the impact it's going to have on your batting average. For the Cardinals, Juan Yepes went one for four with two RBIs, a walk, and a home run. I've been telling you for weeks to pick up Yepes, and if you listened, you are very happy you did, because Yepes has been an, on an absolute tear crushing the ball he's had four home runs and two doubles in his last seven games he has six home runs in his last 15 games is already up to 11 on the year you haven't quite missed out yet he's still out there in a ton of leagues but that won't last if he keeps hitting like this go pick him up asap for the athletics ramon lariano had two hits in three at-bats with two runs scored an rbi a walk and a home run he was also caught stealing i've been saying for weeks now wait until we start seeing lariano get hot i think we might be there he's hitting 286 with a 355 obp and 962 ops with three home runs and two stolen bases over his last seven games that's the power speed combo we know and love from Loriano. A lot of people have given up on him for the season, so he's widely available. If you need outfield help, look no further than Loriano, especially as we get close to the deadline when he might be moved to a better team. So that's the hitters that really caught my eye, but there were a ton of pitchers too that really interested me from yesterday's action. And to start with that, let's talk about Cole Irving of the Athletics. He threw eight innings pitched with one run given up and four strikeouts. This is a nice bounce back for Cole Irving after getting shellacked by the Yankees in his last start. This was a surprise because it was facing Toronto, but it shows he put up good starts. I think we would label him as a bit of a cherry bomb in the situation. He's a good spot starter in good matchups. He gets Houston next, so avoid that one, but keep an eye on Irving when you need a spot start. Dylan Bundy for the Twins went five innings pitched with giving up a one-earned run. He walked one batter and struck out six. This is Bundy's fourth uh, really nice start in a row. He hasn't given up more than two runs in any of those four starts. He's had 16 strikeouts over that stretch. It's worth noting those starts were against Arizona, Colorado, Cleveland, and the White Sox. So a few cupcake matchups in there. He gets Texas next, and I would start him there in that situation, but understand also if you decide to pass on that. The White Sox, for the White Sox, Johnny Cueto went six innings pitched with uh, two earned runs given up, five walks, and three strikeouts. Cueto just keeps on beating Father Time. It's really fun to watch him do this. He's played with fire a little bit, given he managed to get away with five walks in this one, but he's been so good for so long this year. Uh, he's earned my trust so I'm not too worried about it. He gets Detroit in his next start, so he's a must-pick-up for that matchup. He's still out there in a lot of leagues. Go get him while you can. I think that'll be a good start for him. Chris Flexen for the Mariners went 6.2 innings pitched with uh, zero earned runs given up and eight strikeouts. Flexen hasn't given up more than three earned runs in a start since May 21st, and he was really fantastic in this one. And while I don't think you can expect too many like this at this level of domination, his consistency gives him a really solid floor when you pick him up for a spot start. You know what you're going to get out of Chris Flexen in most starts. He gets Toronto next, and so I'm going to avoid that start. But keep an eye on Flexen in good matchups. That's a really good streaming option most weeks. For the Dimebacks, Madison Bumgarner went five innings pitched with three earned runs given up, three walks, and four strikeouts. Bumgarner is a little bit more of a cherry bomb than Flexen, but represents the same consistent floor for streaming purposes. He does have six walks over his last two starts, which is worrying uh, and a cause for concern, but he also does get the Rockies in Arizona next, and we always start against the Rockies on the road. For the Cubs, Justin Steele went 6.2 innings pitched uh, with one earned run. He only gave up two hits in his start. I had nine strikeouts. He did walk four, though. Steele's on a nice little roll here. He's at a 305 ERA over his last seven starts, and outside of a five earned run outing on June 23rd, he hasn't allowed more than three earned runs. In the rest of his uh, last six starts, he gets the Dodgers next, so obviously I'm avoiding that start, but keep an eye on him after that for streaming purposes. 
For the Brewers, Eric Lauer went six innings pitched. He also only gave up two hits and one earned run. He had nine strikeouts. It's nice to see Lauer rebound. He had allowed 20 earned runs over his last four starts before this one. And that was a shame because he'd been really good up until that stretch. And hopefully this is a sign that he's gotten back on track and gotten things ironed out. He gets Pittsburgh next. And I understand waiting if you want to see another good start out of him first. But I'm definitely starting him. For the Guardians, Zach Plesak in game one of their doubleheader went six innings pitched with two earned runs given up, two walks, and three strikeouts. Plesak just keeps right on rolling. This is his seventh consecutive quality start. He has a 2.14 ERA over those seven starts. He stopped throwing the ball in the zone too much. That's where he gets hurt is when he starts throwing the ball in the zone 45, 46% of the time, he's too predictable and he gets crushed and he's really lowered that number down. He gets Kansas City later in the week and I'm absolutely starting him there as well. Dane Dunning for the Rangers went 5.1 innings pitched with three earned runs given up, five runs total with five strikeouts. Since allowing five earned runs on June 19th, Dunning has been pretty solid. Two of his last three starts were quality starts. He's allowed just six earned runs over his last three starts. Dunning's another cherry bomb type. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's going to get blown up and that can be hard to trust. He gets the Twins next. I'm not trusting him there. Dean Kramer went 4.2 innings pitched and got uh, hit hard for five earned runs. He did it four strikeouts. This is the first start all season in six starts where he allowed more than three earned runs. This is really his first bad start. He's not pitching deep in the games, but when he pitches, he's good. And I don't think he's actually as good as he's been pitching, but good enough that you should have him on your roster. He gets the Angels next. I'm probably trusting him there, given how good he's been, uh, especially if you need the strikeouts, since the Angels are one of the worst strikeout teams in the league. For the Marlins, Braxton Garrett went 7.1 innings pitched, one run, struck out four. This is the start I've been waiting for from Braxton Garrett. He went deep into a game for the first time in the season. He didn't walk many hitters. The strikeouts were down, but I'm encouraged to see him be more efficient with his pitching and get deeper into a game. It's worth noting he threw 83 pitches to get to through that 7.1 innings pitched. He gets the Mets next, though, so I'm not picking him up yet by any means, but this was very encouraging, and you should keep your eye on Braxton Garrett. Finally, for the Nationals, Patrick Corbett threw seven innings pitched, gave one earned run, had four strikeouts. This is his second start in the row, going at least seven innings and giving up only one run. It's cool to see vintage Corbett here. Unfortunately, when I look at the numbers, I haven't seen what changed, what he's done differently over these last two starts compared to the rest of his season. So I'm still in a holding pattern. He's going to have to do a little more to earn my trust overall. So that is the pictures that caught my eye. Before we hop into what I'm looking forward to today, we're going to take a... Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show quick break welcome back now let's head over to mark paquette for the weather thank you very much well we kind of got lucky yesterday on the fourth of july as some weather uh kind of evaded chicago and detroit and that's what looks like going to happen today we have some overnight severe weather but it looks like during the afternoon and the evening we should be good to go everywhere so i get another day of play anyone you want and Let's see what happens. Have a good day. Thanks, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.
Thank you so much, Mark. So jumping straight into what I'm looking forward to today, there's a ton of fun stuff on the docket. First off, the Mariners and the Padres. That's going to be Logan Gilbert pitching against Mike Clevenger. That should be a really fun game. Max Scherzer is coming back from the IL uh, here against the Reds. Uh, that's going to be a fun game to watch uh, Scherzer and see how he looks. Sandy Alcantara is pitching for the Marlins against the Angels. And so that's Alcantara going up against Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. That's must-see TV. That's the best pitcher in baseball going up against two of the best hitters in baseball. Nick Pavetta going up against the Rays. Just seeing him transform himself this season, I just want to watch every single start he makes because it's been really fun. Those are some really fun matchups I'm looking forward to today. For some hitters that I'm looking to stream here, First, I'm looking at the Guardians versus Drew Hutchinson. Hutchinson's been awful this season, and it has an incredibly high whip up near 1.7, and the Guardians make a ton of contact, put a lot of runners on base. That's sort of their specialty, so I, should, I expect them to do well there in that game. The Mets versus Nick Lodolo, picking up guys like Brandon Nimmo uh, in that lineup against Nick Lodolo, who struggled mostly this season. The Rangers versus Austin Voth, who's really struggled this season. Nathaniel Lowe, hitters like that. The Brewers going up against Kyle Hendricks. Look out there and see if maybe if maybe Andrew McCutcheon is available. Uh, that could be a nice matchup for him there. The Giants against Tyler Gilbert. He's had a really rough season. The Diamondbacks against Alex Wood. Wood has really struggled lately, and there are some Diamondbacks hitters that are available, like Brian Anderson. And then finally, any of the Dodgers that are available against Herman Marquez. Pitchers to stream that I saw. So there are three that caught my eye. First off, Cal Quantrill against the Tigers. They're still a pretty uh, mediocre offense. Cal Quantrill's been really solid. You're not going to get a high ceiling start out of him, but if you're looking for a guy with a high floor that you're like, that guy's going to put in a good start, Cal Quantrill's right there. Chris Archer against the White Sox. So uh, Archer's been really good this season. He's getting a ton of strikeouts. He doesn't go deep into games, but his Achilles Hill has been walking the hit hitters, and the White Sox have the lowest walk rate of any team in the league. So that might be a good matchup for him to exploit that. And finally, Mitch White against the Rockies. We know the Rockies struggle hitting on the road, and Mitch White will have the Dodgers backing him up. If you're trying to get a win from a streamer, Mitch White might be a really good choice there. So that's everything I've got for today. Tons of great baseball from yesterday and today. Check it all out. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great rest of your day, and I hope you all had a great holiday. Thank you so much. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.